You're listening to the Promised Church's Message of the Week. We hope you enjoy this teaching by Pastor Aaron. For more information about who we are, please visit us at thepromisedchurch.com. Matthew chapter 12, verse 43. I'm just going to jump right on in, but before I do, I want to make two quick announcements. First one is... Um, uh, Nick Sizemore, are you here? Nick Sizemore's in the back. Wave your hand, bring the house lights up a little bit just so everybody can see his face. Nick has been leading very, very well our young adults for the past year or so. Come on, is there any young adults here who are thankful for Nick and Chelsea? Yeah, they all come second service. They'll all, they all be asleep right now. Uh, but Nick and Chelsea have been doing an amazing job. Moved here about a year and a half ago, two years ago from Eugene. Felt the Lord tell them to move here. And um, we are excited that tomorrow will be Nick's first day of being here full-time on staff here at the Promise Church. And uh, excited not only for him to put more emphasis and focus on the young adults, but he's going to come on as our community pastor and begin to help in a lot of different areas of ministry here in small groups and, and uh, everything. <laughs> everything. It's, an, it's a job description that has no period. And uh, super excited for him. And how many people are excited to see dirt over there in the parking lot about ready to be built? Uh, hopefully in the next couple months we'll be able to have a lot more parking. For all of you who come first service, it ain't a problem for you. But second service, it is a massive problem. So we are excited to make room for growth, building, and Longview. Come on, you can't grow unless you got room to grow. So we're making room making room for what God wants to do. Amen. So Matthew chapter 12, you should definitely be there by now in verse 43. It says this, when the unclean spirit, hello, has gone out of a person, it passes through waterless places seeking rest, but finds none. Then it says, I will return to my house. Everybody say my house from which I came. And when it comes, it finds the house empty, swept and put in order. Then it goes and brings with it seven other spirits more evil than itself and they enter and dwell there. And the last state of that person is worse than the first. So also it will be with this evil generation. A couple weeks ago, we started a series titled The Holy Spirit, and part one was The Holy Spirit is a Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit dwells in a holy place, and he's looking for a people who will become holy so he can dwell with them. Last week was part two, which was will you let him in, that the Holy Spirit wants to come into your house, wants to walk with you in every area of your life, that your life should be a living testimony to the world around you, that you have the goodness of God. God, the favor of God and the power of God dwelling within you. Amen. Amen. And this week is the Holy Spirit part three. Who's in your house? Turn to your neighbor and say, who's in your house? Come on. If you're a Carmen fan back in the nineties, you know, the answer to that is JC. Come on, somebody. He passed away from something or other, but he still lives on in my heart. My kids still listen to Carmen. Come on. I will carry on the tradition of Carmen. If you don't know, now you know Spotify, Spotify, Riot, Riot, y'all know Riot, come on, there's a Riot, all right, so Holy Spirit, we've said it a couple times already this morning, the Holy Spirit is not the crazy uncle of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit is, it is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is God, come on, he is not something weird or something crazy, he is God himself, the Spirit of God. And the Father God, we know a lot about, especially you've been in any prayer circles and you've been standing next to the person who goes, Father God, Father God, Father God. Anybody ever like count how many times the person says it? Uh, six and seven and eight. Come on, we know about Father God. 
whole, the Jesus, Jesus, we can't deny his existence, but the Holy Spirit is the most, is the least welcome person of the Trinity. We make our services about everything and everyone, but often never about the Holy Spirit. And over six years ago, when we began pastoring here, our senior leadership team, we got together and we said, this church will not be a church that is designed around systems and processes, and it will not be built around a man or a personality or an idea, but we will camp around the spirit of God and where he goes, we will follow. And we want everything to be about the presence of God, inviting him to come. So we say, Holy Spirit, come and everything we do. This is literally what we do about our service our flow we do it we say holy spirit how do you want tithes and offerings holy spirit how do you want our worship to be holy spirit how do you want speaking to be how do you want our our youth to be how do you want our children's ministry to be in in our children's ministry we literally we don't do a daycare on sunday morning this is not a daycare tuesday nights at promise kids is not a daycare we are raising up the next generation of young people to know who they are and to walk in power and authority we teach them how to lay hands on the sick and watch them recover we teach them how to begin to tell people about jesus we teach them how to hear the voice of god and to prophesy because the holy spirit is leading us and we're not just doing it for fun we want to see the kingdom of darkness destroyed and the kingdom of light advanced The Holy Spirit is how you hear God. God is up in heaven and Jesus, we know he, he said, I must go so that another one can come. I must go to heaven and seat at, sit at the right hand of the father, which is where Jesus is today. But he sent another one, the Holy Spirit, the spirit of God to come and to dwell and to fill you. And it's the spirit of God that you feel today. So like when you're in worship and you begin to cry or you begin to feel Holy Spirit goosebumps, that's not anything other than the spirit of God touching you when you're reading your word and all of a sudden something begins to minister to you based upon where you're at. That's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is here on earth, wants to dwell in your heart, and wants to walk with you. The Holy Spirit is much more than a spiritual language. We've talked about this the last couple of weeks. It's not just a tongue. The Holy Spirit is God himself. And where he is, everything changes. When the Holy Spirit comes into your life, everything changes. Let me read this for you out of 2 Corinthians 3 verse 17. It says, the, now the Lord is the Spirit. Well, pastor, is the Holy Spirit actually God? The Lord is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Where the Holy Spirit, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. There is freedom. Where he dwells, there is freedom, which means if you're dealing with anxiety today, you can be free. The Bible says that whom the Son has set free is free indeed. You no longer have to deal with sin. You no longer have to deal with pain any longer because where the Holy Spirit is, there is freedom. And I came here to tell you today that you don't need to deal with sin any longer. The addiction that you've been dealing with for years, you can be free from it today. That the sin you've been dealing with, pornography and lust and sexual immorality, you can be free today. The pride and the fear and the unforgiveness in your heart, you can be free today you can be free today ephesians 6 verse 12 says for our struggle is not against flesh and blood but it it is against powers and principalities and rulers of darkness the spiritual realm is way more real than you and i sitting here today 
that there are real things called demons, that the devil is not something that Hollywood has created with a red guy with horns and a pointy tail and a pitchfork. He is real. He hates your blood. He hates your guts. He hates everything about you and wants to destroy you and kill you. It's real. Did I just say he hates your blood? I don't know why. I'm sure he hates every part of you and he probably hates your blood too. Hates your brains, hates your right arm and your left arm. It's going to be real good today, guys. I'm already, already cried multiple times. It's going to be good. When we talk about spiritual warfare, we're talking about actual spirits. Actual spirits. The Bible talks a lot about spiritual warfare. In 2 Timothy, we actually heard it today by one of the couples praying over their family. 2 Timothy 1 verse 7 says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. Fear is a foul, demonic spirit from the pit of hell. And the spirit of fear is a liar. Fear is a spirit. I've just, I've been wondering why I've been dealing with fear all the time. I'm just always scared of everything. It's a spirit that is attacking you. It is a spirit that you can give access to your life. Fear will basically contradict God's will for your life. God will have a plan and a purpose for your life and fear will tell you to do the exact opposite. You know this to be true in its simplest form. You'll be in a grocery store, you'll see somebody in a wheelchair, you know you should probably go pray for them. But fear begins to tell you, you don't even know what to say. What if they don't get healed? What if they don't want you to pray for them? And fear tells you to do exactly opposite of what the will of God is for your life. Fear is a liar. And God will not honor fear-based decisions. I don't know what to do. I feel like I should just pack everything up and just move to Idaho because it's definitely going to be better in Idaho than in Washington. And I don't know what to do. And everything feels really weird in this church when I walk and everybody's going crazy, lifting their hands and they're, I just need to get out of here. Fear, fear-based decisions God will not honor. Y'all laugh because y'all know somebody like maybe the person sitting next to you that is full of fear or wants to run and hide. Fear will kill you and destroy you. The root of anxiety is fear. If you struggle with anxiety, you have access in your life to a spirit of fear. You have access, given access in your life to the spirit of fear. You ever play musical chairs growing up? You know, you got to try to kick somebody off the chair so you can sit on there. You can't sit on a chair that somebody else is already sitting on. So when you give fear the, the throne in your life, the Holy Spirit can't sit on that throne until fear leaves. Well, I keep asking the Holy Spirit to come, but nothing changes is because the demonic activity in your life hasn't left yet. See, it's not enough to just say fear go. You've got to say Holy Spirit come. Another demonic spirit that scripture talks about is the religious spirit. Matthew 9, verse 10 says, While Jesus was having dinner at Matthew's house, many tax collectors and sinners came and ate with him. All the worst of the worst, the ones that you hate, that you voted differently then, that you would not want to be seen with, all those people were eating with Jesus. And when the Pharisees saw this, they asked his disciples, Why does your teacher eat with all those horrible people? And on hearing this, Jesus said, It's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. A few verses later, Jesus cast a demon out of a guy and in verse 33 of chapter 9 it says and when the demon was driven out the man who had been mute spoke the crowd was amazed and said nothing like this has ever been seen around here but the Pharisees said it is by the prince of demons 
that he drives out demons. See, the religious spirit will look at the, the movement of God and question it. A religious spirit will make you question whether everything you're experiencing is real. It's just an illusion. It's just emotion. It's fake. It's not real. The religious spirit will hound you and they'll be like, oh, did, did he actually quote the scripture or did he read the scripture? Because if he quoted the scripture, then it's from his mind and it's man-made. But if he read it, it's okay. Like they'll, just, they'll come up with stupid things to try to twist what God is doing and they'll question everything. And they'll make all these steps and procedures. Oh, you want to actually be a Christian? Well, you've got to do this and you've got to do this and then you've got to do this. The guy who hung on the cross next to Jesus, he got saved in an instant. He didn't get baptized. He didn't get filled with the Holy Spirit. He didn't go through a 12-step plan. He didn't go to belong. He didn't start to serve at his local synagogue. He just was there on the cross, a dirty, wretched sinner. And Jesus said, today I'll see you in paradise. Now, I believe in baptism, and I believe in serving, and I believe in being baptized in the Holy Spirit. But those aren't steps and processes that the religious community can come and twist to make it so you've got to go by step by step by step before you're accepted into the kingdom of God. The religious spirit will twist everything and say it's not real. Oh, I, I heard you pray in that tongue, and you said, Shadu, boo-boo-boo. And... And I watched a YouTube video one time, and Shaddad the Boo-Boo is from the Shadudu tribe down in India, and they worship the devil. And you said, Shaddad the Boo-Boo. Touche. And then you'd be like, oh, pastor, I said Shaddad the Boo-Boo. I don't know what I'm going to do. And the religious spirit will twist it all. Oh, that tongue wasn't real. And they'll look at everybody doing worship. Fake fake over there that person's fake that person on the floor fake right there back there fake what they're doing over there is just all fake 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 and fake again and it's all fake oh that's not real oh they were crying oh that was made up oh that little feeling oh they're dancing oh that's not real fake again the religious spirit will look at whatever god does and say that's not god i don't want to hear another thing about what god doesn't do i want to talk to people who know what god is doing but the religious spirit will twist it it's not real it's not real. It's fake. They'll twist everything that the Lord is doing. Look what the Pharisees did. They waited for, for years and years and years. They studied scripture waiting for the Messiah to come. And then when he stands there in front of them, they don't even recognize him. The religious spirit can't see Jesus if he were standing in front of them. The religious spirit will cause a church to never experience the move of God because when he actually shows up, they won't recognize he's in the building. A religious spirit will look at somebody encountering the Holy Spirit and think, that's silly. I don't want anything to do with that. Another spirit is the prideful spirit. James 3 verse 16 says, For where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. Demonic activity feasts, feasts on pride. Where there is self-seeking agenda, where there is pride, every evil thing exists. It's like a neon sign to darkness saying, I'm open for business. The Bible says that God resists the pride. He resists the proud. He resists them, stands at a distance from them. What are some characteristics of those people with a prideful spirit? They lack humility. You aren't humble. You're not willing to repent. You won't submit to authorities and leaders. You won't let people speak into your life and challenge you. Somebody begins to challenge you or contradict you and you get immediately offended. How dare they say that to me? 
How dare they ask me to grow? How dare they ask me to be better than I am? They, <laughs> we should probably stop there. The Bible says that the Lord disciplines those he loves. If you aren't open for correction and discipline in your life, you ain't open to his love. Because his love is to come and to prune you. He prunes those he loves. Those people he doesn't prune are those ones who are too far gone and don't even want to listen anyways. But he comes to those who are open to him and he says, you want me? Oh, let me take off that spirit of pride. Oh, you want me? Then remove that arrogance. You want me? Let me remove that jealousy and that envy. Prideful spirit doesn't want to have anything to do with it. They get offended at everything. You looked at my child the wrong way. You didn't say hi to me in church today. You sat three seats over instead of two seats from me. Are you offended at me? Our conversation didn't end well on the phone. You hung up too quickly. They get offended about everything. They won't repent. They'll never ask for forgiveness. They won't consider the possibility that they even have a prideful spirit. And they will not show reverence and worship because reverence and worship means that you must swallow your pride and make it all be about him and not be about you. Another spirit is a spirit of unforgiveness. Ephesians 4, 26 through 27 says, be angry, but do not sin. I love that verse. Praise God. I will be angry about unrighteousness. Be angry, but do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger and do not make room for the devil. When you harbor unforgiveness in your life, you are literally standing at the doorway of your house saying, every demon, I've got a room for you in my house. You make a room for the devil right next door to yours when you harbor unforgiveness. When you harbor resentment. Matthew 6, 15 says, if you do not forgive others their sins, your father will not forgive you. But pastor, you don't understand what they did to me. You don't understand what they said to me. You don't understand how they hurt me. You don't understand how they abused me. They neglected me. They forgot about me. They left me all alone. If you won't forgive others of their sins, your father in heaven will not forgive you. Forgiveness is a pretty big deal to the Lord. And I'm telling you, forgiveness is one of the main reasons why healing won't come to people's lives. Because they'll harbor forgiveness. And it's amazing, so many times when people can't get free from demonic activity, they can't get free from sickness or pain, and the Holy Spirit begins to give us a word of knowledge over them that they need to forgive somebody. As soon as they forgive them, healing comes. Unforgiveness will be a blockade between you and the Holy Spirit. Spirit of sexual immorality. I've talked about this at length. I preach about this all the time. I struggled with pornography probably around the age of 15. And I remember trying everything. Deleting apps off of a phone to moving a computer screen. Thinking that if I can just put the right equation together, I won't struggle with this anymore. But see, you can't manage a demon. You can't do it. And I remember thinking, surely when I get married, that's when it will stop. When I get married, I'll be fine. Didn't change anything because a demon's not just going to leave because you get married. And it wasn't until the Lord spoke to me out of James chapter 5, and he said, until you confess your sins one to another, you won't be healed. And he said, if you want to be free from this, you need to go confess to your wife. I'm like, is there another person possibly, Lord? <laughs> Y'all laugh, but that was a... That's the worst person he could possibly choose. And so I went to my wife, a blubbering mess, and repented, confessed my sin, and she prayed over me. When she laid hands on me and prayed over me, I immediately felt free, and I felt demonic spirit leave my body. But see, you can't manage a demon. 
You've got to get it free. You've you got, you got to get free from it. In 1 Corinthians, in 1 Corinthians chapter, chapter 6, it says, Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit? You were designed to be a house of a spirit. From the beginning, you were created for a spirit to live within you. It's always been this way. The question is, is which spirit lives in you? Is it the Holy Spirit or is it demonic spirits? Sin, sin will push away the Holy Spirit. Sin grieves the Holy Spirit. In fact, when you sin, you must leave the presence of the Holy Spirit because he will not follow you there. And the American church shies away from talking about sin because it makes people feel uncomfortable, makes them feel awkward, makes them feel convicted. But sin will cause the Holy Spirit to leave your house when you give access to demonic activity. A couple of years ago, there was a group of gay activists that got together and decided to rewrite the Bible. They took out every scripture that talked about how homosexuality is a sin, which if you're wondering if it is or not, read your Bible, because it is very, very clear that homosexuality is a sin. And so they took out every scripture that referenced that. That way, everybody who read it would not feel convicted. But they forgot to take out one scripture at the end of the book, at the end of Revelations that says, if you take away or add to this book, you will find every curse of this book on you. And see, we, we can talk about gay activism or homosexuality. We can be like, yeah, that's right. But what about your pornography habit? Your pornography habit is the seed to human trafficking and sex trafficking. That you can put a post up on your social media page with a red X and say I'm against human trafficking. But yet you go look at porn and you have lust in your heart. And then we're so easy to judge everybody else around us. My wife and I can be in a dispute and I'll be like, Lord, change my wife. And he'll be like, let's start with you. But I can look at the the speck in my wife's side and, and forget about the plank in my own very easily. We do it all the time. And see, I'm not... I'm not talking here today to make you feel guilty or to bring condemnation on you. I'm preaching the word of God and the Holy Spirit's going to bring conviction into your heart and is going to challenge you to not stay the same way you've been staying, that you can be free. You can be free. You don't have to live in that sin. You don't have to live in that pride, that fear any longer. That unforgiveness that you've been dragging along in your life for years, you can get rid of it. That prideful spirit that you have with your spouse That prideful spirit you have with those around you, you can be free from it right now. And if you're sitting there and you're thinking, that ain't me, I got no problems, you've probably got the problem. If you're wondering, oh my gosh, you just said all those things about a prideful spirit, I think I've got it, I think I've been doing a few, you probably don't have it. Because you're humble enough to be introspective. But if you're sitting there being like, I'm that person and I'm that and then I'm that and I'm, I, I'm that and I'm offended all the time. Or if you're sitting there like, I'm none of those things, then you probably got it. Because a prideful spirit won't admit they got pride. The Holy Spirit, when he comes, he brings joy, he brings peace, he brings life, he brings acceptance, he brings everything you could possibly want. Who wouldn't want that? Demons. Who would not want the Holy Spirit? Demons. I'm going to be very frank for a moment. If you resist the Holy Spirit, it's a demon inside of you resisting him. I'm not condemning you, but I'm looking at scripture. I'm looking at scripture. 
The Holy Spirit is a Holy Spirit. And what resists the Holy Spirit must come from something other than the kingdom of God. So the religious spirit that resists the Holy Spirit is actually based in demonic activity. I'm not here to judge you or to bring condemnation. I'm here to preach the word of God and the Holy Spirit will convict your heart. No one here is judging you. Let me read this verse again. Matthew chapter 12, verse 43 says, When the unclean spirit has gone out of a person, it passes through waterless places, seeking rest, but finds none. Then it says, I will return to my house from which I came. And when it comes, it finds the house empty, swept, and put in order. Then it goes and brings with it seven other spirits, more evil than itself, and they enter and dwell there. And the last state of the person is worse than the first. So also it will be with this evil generation. An unclean spirit means a demonic spirit or a demon. The demon was impure and unclean by sin. You ever wash, washed a load of laundry, a bunch of wipes, and there's that one red sock that finds its way in there. And you pull out your favorite shirt, and it's red. Pink. Worse. <laughs> but see, that one red sock is the wrong mix for that batch. That demonic spirit in your life is the wrong mix for your life. It's never meant to be there. And when that demonic spirit leaves, it leaves because a greater force leaves it, forces it to leave. It doesn't leave because you happen to do a little party dance and you cried. It leaves because Jesus comes and nothing can stand against his name. A demon doesn't leave just because you got, you got scared and you heard a great message. No, a demon leaves because Jesus is more powerful than that demon. A demon is a disembodied spirit, which means a demon must find a person or a thing to dwell in. It's looking for people. doesn't care who you are. And when that demon leaves, it talks about how it goes to waterless regions, barren lands. Actually, in the Old Testament and ancient times, it talks about in the Bible how there would be like demonic activity of demons dancing around barren places around Jerusalem. And back then, there was a, you could see demonic activity, just like when they would see an angel. You read scripture, and they see an angel, and they're, like, they're not like, wow, that's an angel. They're just like, they talk to him like it's no big deal. It's because there was a lot of supernatural activity back then. The demons look for waterless regions. What does water represent in scripture? Water represents the word, and water represents the spirit. Where there is no word, demonic activity will dwell. Where there is no spirit, demonic activity will dwell. You might be like, well, I've got this crazy roommate who's just, who's crazy, full of demonic activity. What do I do? <laughs> I'm not talking about your spouse. I'm talking about like a roommate. Like what? I didn't mean it. I didn't. I didn't mean it. Don't nudge your neighbor. And what do you do? Just begin to read the word. Begin to speak the scripture out loud in your home, in your room. When, you're, when your roommate's watching a movie, just sit there on the couch and read the word out loud. Where there's no Holy Spirit, you won't be able to fight against demonic spirits. And so, where there is no spirit, there will be demonic activity. Where there is no word and where there is no spirit, demons dwell. Now, notice this in verse 44. It says, the demon says, I will return to my house. To my house. The title today is who's in your house? Demons look at you and they say, that's my house. Your sin is a welcome mat 
to demonic activity. It's literally like a, a little thing you place outside of your life and you say, hey, hey, any demons that want to come in, I'm open for business. Because sin just welcomes them right in. That Netflix that you're watching, those terrible movies, is a welcome mat for darkness to come in through the airwaves and have bondage in your life. Some of you, is your stinking phone that is a welcome mat to demons in your life. Some of you, it's your mouth. And you sit there and you're like, I'm so glad I'm not a wretched sinner like all those people, all full of addiction and everything. Yeah, but when you open your mouth, you hate everybody. You're full of envy and greed and jealous. You tear everybody down. Your sin is a welcome mat, and, the, and darkness looks at, that, looks at you and says, that's my house. And so what happens is, is when a demon leaves, right? Some of you have felt freedom on a Sunday morning. Somebody's prayed for you, and you felt free. Demon leaves. All of a sudden, Monday morning, you got, you got free from the spirit of lust and pornography. All of a sudden, Monday morning, this happened to me, I don't know, a hundred times. Monday morning, Monday morning, you wake up, you go to work, all of a sudden, a text message comes, an email comes, all of a sudden, you're on social media and a picture pops up, all of a sudden, somebody shows you something, all of a sudden, a thought comes into your head, and darkness is there at your door. Hey, can I come back in? Because just because you're free doesn't mean temptation leaves. And the demon's like, hey, that's my house. I want back in. And when you crack open the door to see who it is, they realize nothing's in the house. So they go get all their worst friends and they come in worse than it was before. See, it's not enough to just say fear, go. It's not enough to just say pride, go. It's not enough to just say pornography, go. You must say Holy Spirit, come. Because what will happen is when that demon comes to try to knock on your house again to say, hey, I want to come back in. And you don't answer the door, but the Holy Spirit does and says, hey, there ain't no vacancy here anymore. You won't give in to temptation that time and you'll be free. So when the Bible says that you can be free, indeed, you cannot do it without the Holy Spirit. It is not enough to just say fear, go. You must say Holy Spirit, come. It is not enough to just change things on your phone. It is not enough to just say, I'm not going to be around that person anymore because they make me angry. It's not enough to just say, well, I'm just going to give, give a phone call and say, I forgive you. You must follow through every single day and every morning you wake up and you say, Holy Spirit, come. I need you so that when temptation comes, I will resist. I will run from darkness and I will defeat him in his tracks. If you do not get filled with the Holy Spirit... You will be defeated again and again on the battlefield of your life. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. If the spirit is not Lord in your life, you will not find freedom. That addiction you've been dealing with and you've managed it well. When I only struggled once a month, I thought, I'm like, hey, this is good. Like, I, I can do this. I can feel guilty for three days out of a month and be just fine. And what we do is we excuse away why we don't experience freedom. Hey, you know that drinking habit? It only happens like six times a year. So it's okay. And we've just managed it enough to where we've excused away the need for freedom. I've been there. I did that for years. You, you feel good about yourself a majority of the time, so you don't need to change. But I'm telling you, that ain't free. That's not freedom. Freedom is where you do not sin in that area any longer. You can be holy. You can live a righteous life and you can be free from the habitual pattern of that sin. That unforgiveness that you've been carrying around that you actually validate based upon what that person did to you. 
they did something terrible to you and they deserve to not be allowed back into your life and you reason it away to say that's their punishment no that's darkness living in your house that you've given room to and it needs to go the resentment needs to go the anger in your life that only shows up every now and again you can be free from it the religious spirit that is actually making your heart race right now because you're getting angry at the words that I'm saying that is a spirit of darkness and you can be free from it right now the spirit of Jezebel that is coming to you and speaking in your ear right now and trying to convince you he doesn't know what he's talking about he's too young he had a demon he probably still has a demon oh this church is crazy and weird I can't believe they even talk about this why don't they just talk about hope that's a demonic spirit that is lying to you in your ear and that you can be free from that today the anxiety and depression that you feel all the time that your doctor tells you oh it's just the way it's always going to be in your life no that is the spirit of fear that you can be free from curses are real demons are real and darkness is real and some of you have been allowing a curse to hound you in your life today you can be free why because jesus is stronger but it's not enough to say darkness go you must say, Holy Spirit, come. You must give the Holy Spirit access to your life, access to every room in your house, and freedom to do what He wants. And this morning, there are some of you here, there are probably many of you here who need deliverance in your life. And I believe that today you can be free from pride, from fear, from anxiety, from pornography, from addiction, from unforgiveness from shame oh the spirit of shame will come and it'll just hound you you're nobody you're worthless look at the mistakes you've made oh yeah you failed again and again you're just a failure today you can be free but I will tell you this I responded to many altar calls and I left the same way it wasn't until I was able to actually obey and surrender and humble myself that I found freedom and today it'll be no different if I convince you to do this with hype and emotion you will leave the same way you came in you might be free for today but tomorrow or Tuesday or Friday you'll fall right back in so how do you get free you get free when enough is enough and you say okay I'm willing to do whatever it takes to get free and so today I'm not going to try to convince you to come and get prayed for I'm not going to try to convince you to get the de demons out of your house you've got to want it because if you don't want it I can't want it for you so right now, if you're here and you're saying, I need to be free, I've got something in me. I may not even know what it is, but even as you're speaking, if you hate what I'm saying right now, you should be up here because the Holy Spirit loves what I'm saying today. So if you hate what I'm saying today, this is for you. If you're here today and you're struggling with any of these spirits that I've been talking about, you're struggling with pride, fear, sexual immorality, you've got an addiction in your life, you're carrying unforgiveness, whatever it may be, I want you to stand right now to your feet and I want you to come forward. I'm not going to try to convince you. Stand up right now to your feet. Come on, right now. Come. Come right now. Come right now. Up. Come up to the front. Come on, there's a lot more of you. We'll wait. We'll wait. Come up to the front. Come on, there's more of you that need to respond. Come stand up right now and come to the front. You're battling addiction. You're battling, uh, you're battling a habitual sin pattern over and over and over. Stand to your feet and come up to the front right now. Do not let fear... Do not let pride convince you and try to lie to you that you do not need to respond. Do not let it convince you that what will people think? They'll laugh at you. They'll question you. They'll wonder if you're even saved. 
Do not listen to that. Respond right now. There's more. There's more. If you need to come, come up right now. Stand to your feet and come up. You're battling pride or religious spirit. You're resisting the Holy Spirit. You don't have anything to do with it. The thought of the Holy Spirit makes you squeamish. You've resisted it. Some of you have been in church for years. There are, there are, there are stories in Scripture where Jesus is in a church and he casts a demon out of somebody. You can be in church for years. You can have read the Scripture. You can have taught the Scripture. But the religious spirit hounds you and controls you. Come on, you need to respond right now. The rest of us, let's stand up in our seats. Stand up in our seats. If you haven't responded, I want you to stand up in your seat. I need some more people to come up and pray. Nick, I need you to come up right now and come up and pray. Come on, Luke and Jenna, come up and pray. Come on, if you need to respond, come up right now. Come up right now. Jeremy Lamb, come up and pray. Come on, everybody else in this room, I just want you to, if you're free, then be thankful that you're free and I want you to begin to sing these words and declare the name of Jesus that is more powerful than anything else I want you to begin to declare freedom I want you to begin to declare the the, the freedom of of the Holy Spirit to come in and fill the hearts of every person that has responded if you came forward and no one is praying for you I want you to just be saying Jesus I open myself up Jesus I ask you to come and to bring freedom Jeff and Danielle come and pray Come on, we need more people to come and pray. Come on, everybody else, just begin to worship. Begin to worship. There is power in the name of Jesus. Yeah. 
that Holy Spirit come Holy Spirit come Holy Spirit come if you came forward begin to say Holy Spirit come Holy Spirit come you're all I want you're all I want Holy Spirit you're all I want to say those words again everybody in this room just begin to continue to pray and pray and pray if you are up here right now you would want everybody in this room praying for your freedom continue to pray continue to ask the holy spirit to come
this. Everybody in this room, if you're getting prayed for up front, continue to just be ministered to. Everybody else in this room, I just want you to close your eyes. I want you to put your hands out like this. If you're watching online, do the same thing. Just close your eyes, put your hands out just to receive. Holy Spirit, come. Come. Come like fire. Come like wind. Lord, come. Fill our hearts in Jesus' name. Come and fill our hearts in Jesus' name. Fill my home. Fill my children. Fill my family, Jesus. Come and fill this church. God, we need you. Holy Spirit, come. Just begin to ask him. Say, Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. I open my heart to you. Come. Come, Holy Spirit. Come. I give you permission to do whatever it is you want to do. Holy Spirit, come and move and do whatever you want to do. Holy Spirit, come. Come, Holy Spirit. Come on, just continue to say it. Holy Spirit, come. Continue to prophesy. Come into my house. Come into my family. Come. 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 Come, Holy Spirit, come. Addiction, go. Fear, go. And Holy Spirit, come. Pride, go. And Holy Spirit, come. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Father, I pray against doubt in the name of Jesus. Doubt that would try to convince people that they'll never change. They're going to be stuck here again. They're going to be praying the same prayer tomorrow. Going through cycle after cycle. We break doubt in Jesus' name. Let faith fill hearts this morning. Faith that I can be free. Faith that I no longer have to be bound by sin any longer. Faith in Jesus' name. If you're here this morning and you didn't come forward because you're, you're bound by a spirit of religion, I'm going to ask you to be very brave and you might not be enough to raise your hand and that's okay. But if you're here today and you're saying I'm bound by a religious spirit, I want you to wave at me. I want to pray over you. If you've been listening to what I'm saying and you're feeling irritated or frustrated, something's making you angry at me right now, I want you to wave your hand at me. That's you. Come on, there's, who is it? Come on, you're, you're hating me right now. Come on, wave, wave at me if that's you so I know that's you. Is you back there? All right, I just want you to put your hand on your heart. Jeremy, go back there real quick and pray for him. Holy Spirit, I take authority right now over every religious spirit that would try to question and second guess, that would be looking around and judge. There's more of you in this room. If that's you and you were too scared, just put your hand on your heart. Holy Spirit, come right now and bring freedom. We take authority over every religious demonic spirit in Jesus' name. Bring freedom in Jesus' name. Freedom in Jesus' name. Freedom in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, come. Break down every wall. Break down every barrier. All the questions, all the confusion, the hurts from church, the hurts from pastors, the hurts from religion, bring healing in Jesus' name.